The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Eric Franson, I.J. Salveson. Tuesday afternoon here on the Full Court Press. And it's game week. Utah State football on the road at Wake Forest. We're gonna, we've are we got stuff to share with you from Gary Anderson, Jordan Love, Devin Anderson. There's information from Coach Dave Clawson, Wake Forest's head coach. He had his press conference today. Some changes in their depth chart coming up to game week. We'll hear more from him tomorrow and uh, some of his players uh, linebacker and, and their running back. We'll hear from them tomorrow. We'll also hear from Mr. Cotton. Dan Cotton? Dan, no, Stan, Stan Cotton. Stan Cotton. Wow, please, yeah, try that tomorrow. Let me know how it goes for you. Stan Cotton. Play-by-play announcer for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And he'll join us tomorrow to help us get ready for the matchup on Friday. Also, don't forget that there is that great high school football doubleheader on Thursday, Rocky Mountain kickoff, and a full slate of games on Friday. Uh, some really some really interesting ones. Bearver versus Bonneville, Green Canyon versus Stansbury, the Riverhawks at the Phoenixes. You didn't even blink. Uh, and Mountain Crest hosting Box Elder. Just, I mean, look, you try so hard to be so good, and then sometimes you just aren't good at what you want to be. Just going through what their mascots are. You know, and, and the Phoenixes really do have a chance here. I can't believe we're actually even saying that. They're 2-0. Phoenixes. They are the Phoenixes. You're lying to me, too. That's not even true. I'm looking that up right now. So Utah How do you State Phoenixes. Utah State is getting ready for Wake Forest. I before E except after C. The game, as we mentioned, is coming up on Friday. That's not even right. And this is a jeez. Oh, a, a team that's that uh, as we mentioned has some question marks. USU does. With uh, some of the players that left, that aren't there, how do they fill those holes? But who's coming back? What are the opportunities? Mm -hmm. And I think we're feeling a little bit better, maybe as we've gotten a little bit closer to the regular season kickoff, as we've watched and observed in practices and in scrimmages. But uh, this is a team that's now turning their attention towards an ACC opponent trying to win that game against a Power 5 school in their house. One of the things that has been still elusive through the course of this Aggie football transformation over the last 10 years or so. And this is... A couple years ago, Utah State went there to Wake Forest. And we thought, this is going to be the chance. Wake Forest isn't a great team, um, struggling maybe a little bit under the radar. USU, 
may be able to get things done. And yet, they weren't able to do that. But Jordan Love got in the game, and he has been on that field. So there's some familiarity from him. Yeah, that's the great thing. And then he's, he's, he's familiar with it. Um, and he also had success while he was on that field, too. That's a big thing, Eric, is that he can go back there and say, look, I've done it before here. I can do it again. And that was in limited action. And it, it's kind of interesting how he phrases it. He says, I didn't get to play that much. Uh, it's, it's just interesting how he phrases some of, the, some of these things that he, he feels like he should have been on the field more. And I, to be honest, I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him either. So he was the better quarterback on the field. Absolutely, wearing an Aggie jersey. Absolutely. Uh, but here is his comments about uh, the first time that he played Wake Forest, and he did see some action, although limited. But uh, he did get involved in that game last time the Aggies made the trip to Winston Salem. Yeah, uh, obviously that was a tough game last time we went down there. Um, uh, I didn't get to come in until about third quarter, but uh, it was just tough. I mean, their offense put up a lot of points. And our offense couldn't get much done. And then, uh, I mean, it was cool when I got to come in the game, throw that touchdown to G. Um, that was really cool. First college touchdown pass. So um, it was fun, but at the same time, we were, we were getting smacked. So it wasn't too much fun. But uh, um, but it'll be a, a different story this time to go down there. Do you think that, yeah, do you think the time of the game and the score of the game made a little difference of how you did in that game? I mean, against them, do you think that? Hitting him with some big passes because it wasn't just the touchdown. You got a couple of other big passes mm-hmm. too. Yeah, uh, I think um, it it just played a huge role in, in starting off like my career, really being able to go in there and do that. But uh, I feel like the time, the the score of the game, it was kind of it was. I can't really remember what the score was at the time, but uh, we we're down a, a lot. But I mean, we were still fighting, still trying to um, come back. But um, it was, like I say, it was tough. So. Did it change? how you approached after that to go in and have some success? Oh, yeah, it definitely changed. I mean, just going in there and being like, okay, well, I could do this. Um, like I said, it just really jump-started my career um, and showed me what I could do and just, uh, just I, I think it just helped me a lot. Do you remember the play call, the route and everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, 93. It was trophy right 93, so hit G on a wheel. I mean, we really did get a glimpse of your potential in that game there. So, uh, I mean, how, how excited are you to get another crack at them? Oh, yeah, I'm really excited, uh, especially I didn't get to play too much in that game. So, excited to go back down there and just really show them what we're about now. But, uh, um, like I said, it's going to be a different story this time we go down there. And all I can say is I'm excited to start the season off down there. Trophy 91. G. Bright on a will route. Huh. Makes you feel old when you think about that. It was this? First touchdown pass. Wasn't that long ago. No. Not that long ago. But uh, it, it, great opportunity for him. I'm, I'm glad that Gary Anderson saw the wisdom to get him into that game. Wish he would have played more reps than he than he did. But nonetheless. He's going to play a lot of reps this time. It's okay. Yes. For a better football team with a lot on the line. there, it He's going to be fine. And that was a Wake Forest team that kind of surprised people that season. They didn't have very high expectations. They were undergoing kind of a, um, what's lack of a better term, a resurgence on their own. Uh, and, but this season, they're, 
almost in a similar situation. They're not expected to do very much. They're picked pretty low on the totem pole in the mm-hmm. ACC. Yeah. But still, it could be a dangerous team. Uh, a team that did go to a bowl game last year. Yeah. With uh, with his kid, Jamie Newman, as their starting quarterback, too. Uh, and, you know, and Coach Anderson, and, and we'll talk about more tomorrow, but they've been high on this, on what Wake Forest can do offensively, and this Jamie Newman kid, so. Um, but, yeah, you know, even if they are below average ACC-wise, you still have a chance to, look, a Power 5 team is a Power 5 team. Like, people are trying to diminish the fact that Hawaii beat Arizona. Oh, well, it was a lower caliber pack. No, shut up. You're all wrong, and you're all idiots, too. It's it's a Power 5 football team. That's still a good win. Pac-12 in a big-time conference that, yeah, you, you'd bet. If Utah State beats Wake Forest, it's going to look good on a resume. I don't care. You went on the road and beat Wake Forest. That Wake Forest. And then I think that's what matters. And and really, just the whole stigma of, like, well, you haven't won a Power 5 road game in how long, this, that, and the other. I think that sits in their craw. And it definitely sits in Anderson because that Wisconsin game is still bugs him to pieces, I believe. Oh, yes. Absolutely. He, he wants to be the coach to get that win. He really does. He wants to be. There's some pride in that. I'm the coach to help us get our first Power 5 road win. Yeah. I, I, I am actually quite confident as we go into Wake Forest. You'd mentioned Jamie Newman. Mm-hmm. He's her, being declared as the starting quarterback for Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you just... Oh. Siri's talking back to me. Siri, get off the air. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Devin Anderson weighed in a little bit about Newman and what that offensive line that he'll be going up against might look like for Wake Forest. Uh, interesting, his perspective from a defensive tackle, what he sees on the opposite side and who he's going to have to try to chase down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a big guy. Uh, you know, he's not scared of no contact. Uh, I respect his size. Um, you know, I watched him uh, come back from, uh, I think that was down a lot in the Memphis game. Uh, he had a lot of poise in that game, uh, brought his team back, and they ended up winning the game. So I do have a lot of respect for him. Uh, he's a big cat. Yeah, they offensive line. Uh, uh, they very big, um, tremendous size. Um, they, uh, they're, I think, starting left tackle towards ACL last year. So we couldn't get a lot of film on him, but I played against him two years ago. He got very quick feet, uh, and they moved a bunch of guys around. And I think this is the center's first game actually starting, I believe. So uh, that should be fun to you know go against. They seem like they're pretty young on the offensive line when I look yeah. at their depth chart. I mean, they have, they have that senior, I guess, a graduate yeah. who's going to be coming back. Yeah. But uh, how much can experience play into a game like this, or does it even affect it at all? Um, my honest opinion, I don't think experience really uh, affects the game. I just feel like more of chemistry as an old offensive line. You know, it don't matter. As long as you trust the guy next to you to do, your, to do his job, uh, I feel like that should be the only part that really should matter. You know, if you know your guy got the assignment next to you, you can work on what you need to work on. You know, so... Uh, I think just, I don't know, like, as far as getting the Blues out, probably the first play, like, that's the only thing I see is acceptable. When he mentions about the center, and he goes, yeah, this should be fun, he gets the biggest grin on his face. <laughs> like, he, you could just see, like, yeah, this is going to be fun. It wasn't like, yeah, it'll be fun. It's, yeah, 
<laughs> we're going to have some fun with these guys. It's a very young, young offensive line. They have the one kid who had tore his uh, knee apart in last year's game, so he's back this year. Everything else, I think, is a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, looking at the depth chart right now, at center is Zach Tom, who's a redshirt sophomore. His backup is a redshirt freshman. Uh, at the left, left tackle, you've got a, a graduate transfer, but then you've got a couple of oars who are redshirt sophomores. At left guard, you have a couple of redshirt sophomores. At right guard, you have a redshirt senior, Nathan Gilliam, and, and then a redshirt junior could be backing him up. And then at right tackle, you got another redshirt senior and then a redshirt junior backing him up. So some experience, but there is quite a bit of youth and inexperience, especially right in the middle. Yeah, uh, and I think... Coach Jenna, Coach Anderson will take advantage of that. Um, they're going to try and, you know, they'll, they'll mix some things up. You know, they'll, they'll, there'll be a lot of movement, I believe, on the defensive, you know, line and, you know, the, you know disguising and covering blitzes and whatnot. I, I think you'll see some of that. It's, they're going to have some fun <laughs> with this Wake Forest offense, I believe. Yes. And by the way, the, Jamie, hey, Nat Newman kid, he's like, what, 6'4", 230? He's a big boy. That is, yes, he's a, he's going to be a load. He can move. He's mobile. Wow. six four two three. And I mean, he likes to, I mean, he's not afraid to take off and go. He is, I mean, first thing at daylight, he tries to get going. So I, I'm, I'm sure that'll try to be the case again. Uh, Gary Anderson talked a little bit about the, their offense, since we're discussing their offense here a little bit, that the, they have a, a, a ground game. They're one of the guys that they're really touting this year is Cade Carney, who's young. Um, he was involved in the in the press conferences today for Wake Forest, but they they have some high hopes for him. But besides Carney, as you mentioned, as we talked about, Jamie Newman is a mobile quarterback that does like to get out and run as well. So Gary Anderson weighs in on the Wake Forest running game and what Utah State's going to be up against on Friday night. They want to run the ball with a physical presence. You know, there's a lot of uh, gap schemes with pullers trying to create another gap moving through there. They do that um, and have been very effective doing that. They're um, not afraid to run the quarterback, and the quarterback, trust me, is not afraid to run the football. He likes it. You can see it on film. He, he likes to run the ball. Um, and there's uh, the play that always jumps out of my mind. It was they hit a big pass in the bowl game. Um, I believe Memphis jumped off sides. They hit a fade route or a big pass play, and the very next play, you know, the kid gets hit like five times and run, runs right through the, all the tackles and scores a touchdown. So he's, he's a competitor. At that point of the game, it was, you know, it was a couple touchdowns for Memphis and got him right back in the game in two plays. And that just shows you know, his toughness, his, his capabilities, and his want to to carry his team on his back. And I got this thing, let's go. So, uh, but they want to be able to run the ball with good running backs. Um, you know, I lost, they lost a, a quality back last year to graduation, obviously, but they got a quality back coming back and um, good football players. And the offensive line wants to be physical; they want to get up in your face. And you know, they, they play football the right way. It's obvious they're they're a tough they're a tough-minded football team, which they have to be in that league, right? And that's 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 what that mindset is to 
be, get in that league and be physical and, and knock around people regardless of who they're playing, and they play some quality opponents in that league. And you know, I've watched every tape. I don't see there's not one game where all of a sudden you see them play against somebody and they play any different. They're they're tough and physical and want to get after you every snap. And you know whether it's going their way or it's not, which is a sign of a, a tough football team. So that run defense being cap sound, we've heard that multiple times from the yeah. linebacker players, linebackers, coaches, that defensive line, uh, and, uh, and trying to make sure that they take away any of those opportunities to bottle up the quarterback, make him a thrower. Yeah, I think that's what if will you give can them play, some success. If if you if you can play contain coverage on Newman. You have a definitely good chance of beating that Wake Forest squad. His legs are what carry the momentum for that football team. I mean, right when he gets creative, yeah, yeah. When he's able to get creative and and to find space, um, and find ground. That's I mean they'll, yeah, they'll eat you apart if you can contain Newman. You're going to be Wake Forest. I'm sorry. Every time we say his name, I just keep thinking of Jerry Seinfeld. Why did I know that was coming out of your mouth? Newman. You couldn't... Sorry. Are you done? It's inescapable. Uh, let's see. <laughs> switch to the defense. We need to get that sound by. I know. Let's switch to the... Because I'm a horrible impersonator. Uh, there was uh, Gary Anderson very high... On one of their one of their defensive guys, uh, particularly, and that's Bassey. Uh, he's a cornerback. He's been there for several years. He's a senior. He's one of the leaders on their defense. And uh, this is somebody that Jordan Love is going to have to be very mindful of when he sits back in the pocket and tries to find some targets. Yeah. Well, his ability to, you know, I think he has good pre-snap awareness. Um, I haven't spent as much time watching that side of the ball, but what I hear from our coaches on that side of the ball is that you know, he, uh, he appears to be a student of the game. Um, great reactive skills, which you have to have when you have that ability. And when he gets into a position to get into a 50-50 ball or a contested ball, he does a very nice job of you know, getting his hands in position or making the hit that causes some issues to keep the ball um, in control by the receiver, whoever's you know, catching that ball at that moment or that time. Um, good player and uh, well-deserving. I know he's one of their main guys, and he's played in a Power Five conference and and done very well. And you know, basically every game you throw on, the kid plays very well. He'll probably be playing football for a long time. Yeah, he's really good. He is very active. He's got good length, good size. Can go up and high point a ball very well against any kind of receiver. Uh, again, like you said, you know, it's just he's one of those guys you got to kind of keep an eye out for. Right and. It'll be interesting to see how Utah State attacks this team. How they attack Wake Forest. Uh, how multiple it'll be. Will they be run heavy? Are they going to be pass heavy? Is it a mixture? How involved will the tight ends be? How much do they throw out there in the, op- in this, in the uh, season opener? And I, I think for Utah State, I think you'd have to throw a lot out there, and not maybe not the, everything in plus the kitchen sink, because this isn't necessarily a do or die game for USU or their football program. But this is opponent that Utah State should be competitive with. 
No, that they should and beat. If you can get this win, man, it sets up a lot of momentum for the rest of the season. It's not like it's the end of the world. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they lost to those guys. They should have beat them. It's not going to be a deterrent if they lose, but it can be a big momentum for the season if they win. Yeah. No. Look, you got. Go I mean, get paid and, I, and, and I, get a win. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I mean, you can go get your first P5 road win. That takes the monkey off the back on that regard. You can start off 1-0. and You get Stony Brook, which is an automatic win, honestly. Even on their best day, your worst day, you still beat them by 20-plus. Um, and then you get a bye. And then becomes the two biggies is at San Diego State and then home against Colorado State before you face LSU. If you can get Wake and I mean you'll get Stony Brook, you'll if you can get Wake Forest and you got that bye, you got plenty of time to kind of clean things up and prepare yourself to for what should be a big road game at San Diego State, and then you got that big home you know conference opener. That that could be huge. You could be two and zero in conference, four and zero in overall play going into Death Valley. That's a nice head of steam. Yeah. <laughs> That is yeah. a great Yeah, that's team. an understatement too. Uh this is a this is a team that's there's there were some funky things with quarterback situation for him last year, but Newman did play a significant amount of games and threw for over a thousand yards. Uh they're running back, coming back, he ran for more than a thousand yards. Uh it's a team that has to play Pretty decent football in the ACC. But they have not sold out the home game yet. The home opener is not sold out yet. Really? Uh, Coach Clawson spent the first part of his press conference today trying to hype people about buying tickets. Oh, boy. It's mostly, I mean, it's getting there, but... But, I mean, we're two days away, aren't we? Well, three days away. Yeah, he's like, we need to be selling out every game. But this is a this is a great opportunity for USU. I'm excited for this game. Sure. Still, questions remain about certain positions, but I think that with other things where they've come along, um, I'm I'm feeling pretty excited about this one. Yeah, I am too. And in fact, I feel extremely confident, which is kind of weird as a, a road opener at Wake Forest. But I feel pretty confident right now that Utah State can go get the win. If they don't win this game, it's going to be extremely disappointing. Because I feel like the talent level on Utah State is really good. Really, really good. And that they should be able to outcompete and outplay a Wake Forest team of this caliber. Had Utah State played Wake Forest last year, they would have got the win. Oh, they would have beat them by 30. No question. I, like, I'm not even joking. They would have beat Wake by 30 in a, in a runaway game. Huh. Funny how those things work, huh? All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, let's get into our Player of the Week. Ooh, spicy. Who stood out to us in this last week and what they were able to do? Elmo. We've also got a conversation with Grayson DeBose coming up. He's the head coach for Utah State Volleyball. They've got a tournament that they're hosting this weekend. A bunch of games in a short amount of time. Really interesting teams that are going to be involved. So go check it out. should be really cool in the Wayne Estes Center. Uh, And then a little bit later on, we'll get our stat that blew our minds. It's all coming up next here on the Full Court Press. 
This is Jason from Utah Mattress Outlet. Back to school should be a time of excitement, but for many, it's full of stress. If you experience anxiety and are looking for a better way to cope, the newest and natural way to overcome is with a weighted True Blanket. Doctors recommend True Blankets for depression, PTSD, autism, and to lower stress and anxiety. True Blankets are finding success for all ages. There are cheap imitations and low-quality knockoffs, but there's only one True Blanket. Find your happiness and feel the difference with a True Blanket. Available now at Utah Mattress Outlet, 880 South Main. I'm Larry Gelwix, the getaway guru for Columbus travel. Run away to the sunny beaches of Hawaii. White sand beaches, blue ocean waters, and the spirit of aloha make Hawaii the perfect vacation getaway. And now you can get away to Hawaii with Columbus travel and Delta vacations. For the best travel deals on the planet, call Columbus travel, 800-373-3328 or online at columbusvacations.com. Thanks, Columbus. Experts tell us that the three areas of balance for proper health are exercise, nutrition, and sleep. This is Ryan, owner of My Mattress. And while My Mattress Store can't really help with exercise and nutrition, we can help with better sleep. If a person started today to live a balanced life in health, exercise, and sleep, uh, three things might happen. One, we might throw away the bag of peanut M&Ms that we have stashed. Two, we might get up off the couch and exercise. And three, we'd come buy a new mattress here at My Mattress. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. Probably a good thing they can't hear our conversations during the break. It depends if you leave our mics on. Not this time. There may have been times in the past where I inadvertently yeah, did leave a microphone. inadvertently my foot. You knew exactly what you were doing. So on Tuesdays, we give our Player of the Week. Player of the Week. Somebody who stood out to us over the past week. Something that they did. We also on Tuesdays give a, share a, a stat that blew our minds. But let's first go to the Player of the Week. Okay. For me, my player, I'm going with Rory McIlroy. All right. Doing some golf. What did Roar Kitten do? FedEx Cup over this past weekend. A new scoring system. A little bit different way of doing it. But Rory McIlroy walked away with a $15 million check. Uh, He finishes the season with multiple championships. He won the tour uh, championship as well. Uh, But he uh, walks away with $24.3 million in total earnings. For the 2018-19 PGA Tour, uh, I guess, season, as it were. So uh, I'm giving it to Rory McIlroy. Mine's going to go to Patty Mills last week. His performance versus Team USA in Game 2 of their exhibition. 30 points, the final 10, including a bank in three from Mars. And he hit it. Uh, Patty Mills lit Team USA up, man. He toyed with them. Even in even in game one, he actually played really well. You know, it's just uh the the San Antonio point guard, he really can play ball. I I enjoy watching Patty Mills play. He's a former St. Mary's kid. And uh yeah. So Patty Mills, you're my David Price player of the week. Uh it's a fair selection. I mean he, he played out of his mind for Team Australia in their second game against the Americans. Uh, it was a big emotional win for their team and for their country. 
was it first time in 78 contests or some crazy yeah, thing like yeah. that? But uh, unfortunately, came against the Americans. But yeah, he had a great game going against his, uh, his coach too, Greg Popovich. Uh, so we need to take a timeout here on the Full Court Press. On the other side, we'll conversation with Grayson DeBose, friend of the program, great guy, and his uh, head coach of the USU volleyball team. They're hosting a tournament this weekend. We'll find out about that. Find out about the makeup of this year's team and uh, what's on the horizon for USU volleyball because the fall sports season is underway. Uh, Aggies had their blue-white scrimmage last week, and they've got a tournament that they're hosting this weekend. We'll go through the teams that they're that they're hosting and how you can check it out and participate. That's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. The Utah State volleyball season will be getting underway here shortly, actually. They have a little tournament that they're hosting this weekend. They've already had their blue-white scrimmage. Uh, they're, they've been practicing. They're getting ready to host some really interesting teams on campus this weekend at uh, the in the Wayne Estes Center. And to let us know more about the team, what's going on this weekend, and what we can expect for this upcoming season, head coach Grayson DeBose joins us here on the Full Court Press. Uh, coach DeBose, always a friend of the program. Appreciate your time today. Uh, I appreciate you guys and all you do for athletics and for our program in particular. Before we get into the the tournament that's going on this weekend that you guys host, uh, you had your blue white scrimmage here recently, and what what did you see out of that? I know you're going against each other. Maybe sometimes that's hard to honestly evaluate the your level of uh, of skill or competition. But what what did you see in your blue white scrimmage that you guys had just recently? The biggest thing I saw as comparison to last year is we have some depth. Last year we had some injuries and we had kids that couldn't practice all the time. And then this year we have 16 kids and we've been able to have them all in practice, which has been kind of refreshing actually. Uh, And I like the athleticism that we have. I think we have some really nice athletes that are learning how to be good volleyball players. So that's fun. You had kind of a youth movement that you needed to do last year. Uh, and they got a lot of experience, for better or worse. Uh, but the, they're back, and but you've also added some some additional youth to this. So, what, what does that makeup look like right now, as far as the, the 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 older leadership that you have on your squad, in addition to some of these young players that are joining you this year? It's been a really good blend. We've added seven new kids, so almost half our roster is new: four freshmen and then three transfers. And two of the transfers joined us in the spring. And so they have some experience with us. And then uh, um, the other two, five kids, they're, uh, they're learning the system and they're learning what we expect and how to you know, play Aggie volleyball, what we consider is a good deal. And I think our older kids have really done a fantastic job of wrapping their arms around the younger guys and saying, hey, this is how we do it. And come follow us and, we have some, and let's go work on this thing together. So it's been a pretty neat experience so far. Uh, looking at your your blue white scrimmage, looks like you had uh, freshman and sophomore really kind of dominate at certain times um, with what they're able to do. Yeah, Haley Cuff is a really nice volleyball player, and she's really kind of learning some good things. And uh, 
and, and I think our middles are going to be good. Corinne Larson, I think, is going to be a real nice middle for us. Uh, she got some good experience this summer going with the Mountain West All-Star team over to Europe, getting some good playing time. Uh, Bailey Downing, we're moving her around. She's kind of this Swiss Army knife kid. She can do a bunch of different things. And so right now we have her back in the middle where she was her freshman year. We think that's a nice position for her and her athleticism. Uh, our setting is uh, we're trying to figure that out. And then our other outside hitters, we're just working on trying to get them as many reps as we can so we can get some good evaluations going. So this weekend will really help with that, having that tournament at home. So, yeah, let's talk about that. This is a, the Aggie or the Utah State Invitational. Correct way to, to say that. Uh, it's Friday and Saturday. A lot of games happening, not just when you play, but the other teams that are involved will be playing each other. So that's a ton of volleyball in about a, what, day and a half? Yeah. In one venue? <laughs> we pack it all in, you know? We, it's different than soccer and it's different than basketball where they just play one a day. We'll play multiple matches in a day. So we have a 10 o'clock match on Friday. Um, we play at noon, and then there's another match at 4 o'clock, and then we play again at 7. And then we'll play on Saturday. There'll be two matches then as well. Uh, and it's, it's good stuff. Southern Utah is kind of in a rebuilding mode. Uh, Xavier... It, that's the first time I've ever played them, so that'll be kind of fun to have them on the on the West Coast just a little bit. And then Eastern Michigan, they return a lot of kids from their team last year that that uh, went to the NCAA tournament. They won their conference tournament in the MAC, and and they uh, went to the NCAA tournament. So it's really going to be a fun fun weekend of volleyball for us. You know, we're talking to Grayson DeBose. He's the head coach of the Utah State Volleyball Program. We've got the Utah State Invitational this weekend. And how do you – I know that volleyball does a lot of tournaments. It's very, as you mentioned, very appropriate with the sport. It's a lot of what happens. But how do you – when putting this together, how do you select the teams to to come out here and participate in this? Because uh, you've got pretty interesting selection of all over the country of, of schools that have participated in this the last couple of years. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. Well, a lot of it's connection. I know a guy who knows a guy, and they're looking to play that weekend. Um, and some of it is, hey, we've never been on the West Coast, or we've never been in the mountains. We want to bring our team to the mountains. We uh, A couple years ago when St. Mary's came up, he goes, my team doesn't really spend a ton of time in the mountains, so we're going to come. We're going to spend an extra day. They went up to Bear Lake. and So it's just it's, there's a variety of reasons why teams come. Um, and a lot of it is just, hey, I know a guy. And they said, hey, this tournament's fun. Those guys run a nice tournament. And so they'll get in touch with you and say, hey, do you have any openings? So it kind of just, it's word of mouth. It's email blasts. It's people that you know. It's all that kind of stuff. Do you see teams that, uh, based on kind of what their their style is, that you really want them to be involved? Because it's going to kind of prepare you for what you might see in your Mountain West? Or is it really not quite go like that? For us, the goal is just to go find some good teams and see if we can play and uh, and, and, and schedule some matches. Um, we don't look for style of play too much. Uh, there's a lot of similar styles in volleyball as far as only so many ways to go set a volleyball and only so many ways to go hit a volleyball. And so sometimes you're looking at, for us, we're looking at teams, okay, this team brings back a ton of people and that's a good experience for us because we're experienced and now we go match up that way. Or sometimes it's a... We lost a bunch of kids. They lost a bunch of kids. There's two teams trying to find their, their personality. So there's a variety of ways to do it. But I always think it's fun. That a lot of teams stay in the West or stay in their geographic area. So for us to be able to play teams outside of that is a real benefit for our program. And we've done that, too. We've gone out to Michigan a couple of years ago. We went out to Duke. 
uh, three or four years ago. So that's always been kind of fun to be able to get out and see different parts of the country. We, we talked about some of the changes on your, your staff with, your, with the players, but I understand that you've also made a, a, a change or at least an addition on your coaching staff. Uh, some uh, some experience added to the mix. Yeah, we we added a guy named Craig Choate, who's been a head coach for a number of years, and a guy named Mike Wilson, who's been a head coach for a long, long time as well. And we went out to lunch. The three of us went out to lunch the other day, and I said, "Wow, this is rare that I get to be the young guy in the group." In the group, you know, they're all AARP members, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Craig, Craig's an old friend of mine. I've so, known so they got discounts years, on their lunch. You know? Is what you're saying? Our, yeah, I had to, we had to go have soft foods, you know. Kidding <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I kid the elderly. Um, you can, <laughs> but but it's been great. I mean, having those guys in the gym and their knowledge and wisdom has been really good for all of our team. And for me personally, we've been able to bounce ideas off each other and, and they've seen it, done it, been there and uh, all that kind of stuff. Coach Wilton uh, has been in national championship games and he's coaching the men's volleyball program at the University of Hawaii. Craig Choate uh, in the WAC is the all-time winningest coach in San Jose State history when they were in the WAC. And uh, and at NAU, he did some great stuff. And so it's really fun to have these guys in the gym um, with some experience, even if they are a little bit long in the tooth, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, obviously, they still have more to give, which is awesome. Yeah, it's Uh, awesome. It's great. What does the Mountain West Conference look like in, in volleyball? What's that landscape look like? Who are the, the bigger challenges that you're going to be facing? You know, Colorado State has been kind of the gold medal standard for a long time in this conference uh, in volleyball. And this year is probably one of his best teams he'll have. He's had in the last few years. And that's really saying something because he's had some nice teams. They are um, experienced. They're physical. Uh, Boise State, I think, is a good team. University of Wyoming, um, they've done some really nice things there in the last few years. I think UNLV is a team on the rise. Uh, I think the conference in general is a really, really good volleyball conference. It's much better than people. If you don't know volleyball, people don't give it a lot of credit. But if you do know volleyball, then those guys, it's a good conference to be in. And uh, so the, your season officially gets underway this weekend with this uh, tournament that you're hosting in the Wayne Estes Center. When does conference play get underway for you guys? Oh, it gets underway. Let me double check here. Um, we get started the 24th of September. So we're going to have a home tournament. Our home tournament this weekend, we'll have the University of Utah at home on September 3rd. And then we'll go on the road for a few weeks. And then we'll have Boise State on the 24th at our place. Nice. So some really good opportunities early to watch some really good volleyball uh, with the, your tournament that you're hosting, University of Utah coming up. It's always fun to face the in-state schools, host them I here. Agree. Yeah, it is fun. It'll be great. Utah is going to be good. Um, they return a lot of their uh, offense. They lost their setter, starting setter from last year, but everybody else is back, so it should be a real nice challenge for us. Uh, last question about this tournament coming up this weekend. If people want to go to it, do they – pay per game is it do they buy one ticket and you see the whole tournament do you know how that works i think i think the first like the non-usu games are free and then i think you can buy a tournament package as well so if you want to come to all three matches i think you can buy tickets for that that's my understanding but i could be wrong because 
I don't pay that much attention to some things. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying attention to the, the to the girls and the and the game, not what's going on with the tickets. So I'm trying. I'm Fair trying enough. to stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, we wish you guys the best of luck. Uh, we'll we'll try to touch base with you again as we get through the season here a little bit as well. It's always fun checking in on on what's going on with USU volleyball, and, and wish you guys the best of luck this season. Awesome, I appreciate it. You guys are so great to have me on. Thank you very much. And that was fun. Uh, appreciate Coach Depose and his time. And uh, we had to do that a little bit earlier in the day because they were right in the midst of practices at this very moment. But, uh, yeah, this is tournament that they're hosting, this Utah State Invitational in the Wayne Estes Center. Really, games go on th- most of the day, all day Friday, and then a couple more games on Saturday, early part of the day. So if you're into volleyball, if you'd like to see some interesting competition, Eastern Michigan, Southern Utah, and Xavier – Go check that out and uh, get a feel for what this team is going to look like for this upcoming season. A lot of youth, a lot of talent, and uh, some opportunity for this team to improve on what they did last year. Yeah, last year, uh, definitely below expectations, uh, but uh, in in doing that, there were a lot of people that got experience that can be a big part of this team going forward. So we wish the best for USU Volleyball. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, we'll get into the the stat that blew our minds and some additional details as we get ready for Utah State and Wake Forest. More thoughts as we continue to break it down about this matchup with Utah State on the road against an ACC team in a Power 5 conference. The Utah State Aggies, it's been a very, very long time since they've beat a Power 5 school on the road. So we'll get into that more coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press rolling on. Appreciate Grayson DeBose for joining us. Always have a fun time whenever we have him on. Utah State Volleyball hosting the Utah State Invitational Friday and Saturday in the Wayne Estes Center. They're on Kirby Court. Great chance to see what this volleyball team is going to be like this year and see other games too. So Southern Utah, Eastern Michigan, Xavier, all involved. So, a uh, short amount of time. So, you can watch some games, watch some volleyball. Then you can go watch some high school football, watch some Utah State football, and a lot, the, a lot of things to choose from on a Friday night. Not a, not a lack of choices, that's for sure. And we'll have a full show Monday, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tuesday. Next Monday is Labor Day. Oh, we don't have a show Monday then, we don't huh? We have a show Monday. Woo! And there was light from the heavens. <laughs> hey, on Tuesdays, we do our player of the week and the stat that blew our minds. We already did our player. Uh, my player was Rory McElroy. My boy was Patty Mills. Patty Mills. So let's get into the stat that blew our minds. Okay. Is yours baseball related? Uh, maybe. Is yours about Jacob DeGrom? Not anymore. That's why I asked. No, I have an I have an alternate, so I'm you're good. <laughs> we both thought this was really, really interesting. 
I, this I, was amazing, I th- actually. I re- and I just feel bad because his team is so bad and he gets no help. I, the Mets aren't that bad. Yes, they are. I mean, they could be a wild card team. <laughs> they're, not a, they're not a World Series contending team. And someone like okay, Jason Okay, well, you don't DeGrom, have to be a World Series contending team to not be considered bad. Yes, well, based on his talent, this is like uh, John Stockton and Carmelo playing for the Jazz. This is like uh, Mike Trout playing for the Angels. This is like Barry Sanders playing for the Lions. Just bad teams with great players. Jacob DeGrom is the only pitcher with multiple games with 13 Ks as a pitcher and a home run as a batter since 1893, the year the current mountain distance was established. 1893. Dude, no, and no, that's not it though, Eric. It's multiple, not one. Not a singular, it's multiple games with 13 strikeouts and a home run as a batter. <laughs> like, someone help him out! This team sucks, and, and I feel bad. Jacob DeGrom is getting, and Mike Trout are getting robbed of the prime years, but it's Mike Trout's fault because he's signing with the Angels again. Well, he kind of signed that deal. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Mets right now... They're 67 and 63, tied with the Phillies. So they're they're not necessarily out of the hunt there for the wild card. They still have a ways to go to get there. Yeah, see? So you understand what I'm saying. It's just it's it's bad. And I wish great players could play for great teams. So this mine isn't necessarily mind blowing, but uh, I think the reason why I wrote this down as one of my options in case we picked the same one was in light of the events of this past weekend, Andrew Luck, he has 171 career touchdown passes. And he's done that through his first 86 career NFL games. There are only two guys who have done more, who threw more touchdowns in that span of time. Aaron Rodgers, who threw 174, and Dan Marino, who threw 196. So this is this stands out for two reasons. That Andrew Luck is a good quarterback, and it's sad to see him leave the game so early. But also, that gap between Dan Marino and everybody else in the early part of his career. Yeah. Man, do you remember when Andrew Luck was playing at Stanford and he was just, I mean, he was outsmarting people everywhere. And he was such a good quarterback. It's just crazy to see him retire at the age of 29. It was just days before he turned 30. I think he's 30 now. And he's, but still. But but he came off one of his best seasons of his career. Right, he missed 2017, missed a lot of time in 17 with injuries, came back in 18, and with an offensive line that wasn't that great, was able to still do some pretty amazing things. Yeah. And now, just weeks before the start of the season, says, I'm done. I've had enough. Yeah, it's just it's think, amazing. I bring that up as was one of the stats to focus on because to remember that he was a really good quarterback. You know what? Do you know what's another stat about Andrew Luck? You ready for this one? 
Andrew Luck never beat the Patriots. He is the first. Of course, quor- you'd have to bring that up. He is the only quarterback, as far as I can do research on, that is not that has played three at least three plus games versus the Patriots and not won. So maybe Andrew Luck was actually really just that bad. Maybe he sucks. Andrew <laughs> Luck sucks. Who would you take, Mark Sanchez or Andrew Luck? I take Mark Sanchez. He beat the Patriots. Oh. Twice. That's the only quality that we should consider. Yeah, with bad talent around him. Angelic had great talent around him, and he still couldn't win games. Sanchez wasn't a great quarterback. He was a good quarterback considering the bad talent he had around him. I mean, heaven's sakes, the one where he ran into the Patriots or his own offensive lineman's butt? Because his running back ran the that wrong play. Takes talent he right ran there. The, he ran the That's wrong a special play. kind of talent. <laughs> Oh man, Sanchez butt fumble. Oh man, I that was one of the greatest Thanksgivings of my life, and I want to thank Mark Sanchez for helping me out. <laughs> oh man, I will always so much appreciate him for that. Hey, with, with Andrew Luck and with Gronkowski, uh, my hope—I mean, it's a selfish hope—is that take some time away from the game. Yeah, let your body rest. Yeah, and I. My selfish hope is that they get the itch to play. Yeah, again. I want to come back. Man, could you imagine the team? Because they're, they're great talent. I was they're great say, players. That's exactly right. If they decided they wanted to come back, oh, dude, teams would, would be, be on line. the phone. There would be a line of people. Absolutely. Trying to get their attention. Teams want him back and then back, and they'll take him in a heartbeat. Hey, dude, so wait, if they retire early, they they can't just go like retire and then come back and play for any team or can they? No, they can't. If they retire, they they're not they, stuck to that team though. Like, right, their contract comes to a close. If I recall this correctly, maybe it's a little bit differently, but whatever was still remaining on the contract becomes null and void and then become they're they're not bound to any team. Yeah. So you could say I'm retired, cancel all your paperwork and the next week say, "Yeah, you know what? I'm coming out of retirement." Okay, Maybe that makes it's sense. not that fast. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That No, that makes sense. But in sense. essence, yes, I think that they could come back and be open to who whomever makes them a pitch that they find appealing that makes sense for them to come back. Sure. Hey, just a reminder for tomorrow, we got a, it's, a, it's a busy full show of Wake Forest Demon Deacons. We will give you every bit of information we can on the Demon Deacons, uh, offensively, defensively, and then you'll hear from Stan Cotton the uh, official play-by-play radio voice of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons of 520. You will not want to miss it on that conversation. It should be a fun one. Uh, but again, in the know is right back where it was. Here we go again. <laughs> this game week, it's so fun. Yeah, it, it's back. And by the way, again, the ACC Network will not air this game in your region on DirecTV or DISH. Please be aware of that. You can find it on YouTube TV or on Hulu, Hulu you find or for Sling. A, sign up for a stupid trial. But you can do a, a, there is a free seven-day trial. But after that, it's like 50 bucks a month. Unless you're already there. Unless you already have it. Yeah. Congratulations. They have to pay 50 bucks to watch the game. <laughs> so more details about Utah State at Wake Forest. We'll get into it a lot more heavily tomorrow yeah. with more comments from coaches and players. And from the opposition, getting in the know, doing the research opposition, getting a lot more detailed for the matchup, which is be which will be Friday night, kickoff at six o'clock. Good Have a great night, night everybody.